Hello, my friends. I'm Brett Larkin, and you're listening to the Yoga Hacks podcast, where we take yoga off the mat into our daily lives so we can live our best life. Today's episode is for those of you who are curious about the path of becoming a yoga teacher or doing yoga teacher training, and how soon is too soon to consider becoming a teacher. Such a great topic, and I'm so excited to dive into it in this week's episode. And even if you're not considering becoming a yoga teacher, you don't think that's part of your path, I'd still encourage you to hang out and listen to this one because a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are just general best principles for getting active in your life and going after what you want, whether it's yoga teacher training or something else. So definitely stick around. So one of the big questions I get a lot is, how long do you have to be practicing yoga in order to enter teacher training or begin the process of becoming a teacher? And my answer to this is that, you know, it really depends. Because if you are, for example, a Pilates instructor or ex-professional dancer, you're probably going to pick up yoga pretty quickly and you might end up having a very deep practice very quickly because you're really body aware and you were already, you know, maybe an athlete or teaching Pilates or something like that. So for you, you know, maybe six months is enough. For someone else, you know, I, and again, I'm talking about body awareness instead of length of time, if you notice. So if I had to give her a general guideline, like get gun to my head, right? I'd say six months to a year, you probably want to have a solid six months to a year of practice under your belt before you start thinking about becoming a teacher. But that's going to widely vary depending on who you are and where you're coming from. What's more important than how long you've been practicing in terms of weeks or months or years is, you know, does yoga have that it factor for you? And I think when I say the it factor, I think most of us who are very attracted to this practice, and if you're in my community, you know what I'm talking about, that yoga is very special to you. And it's, how do I even put it into words? It's life-changing. It really helps you calm down. It really centers you. You see the benefits of the practice and therefore keep doing it more and more and more. If you if yoga has that it factor for you where you really like are committed to the practice and more than any other form of exercise you find it's the thing that you keep coming back to. And honestly, if you're even thinking like am I ready for a teacher training? If your if your train of thought is even going that way, then probably yoga has that it factor for you and you need to trust that voice. You need to trust that voice. And you need to absolutely consider becoming a teacher without getting hung up on, you know, the metrics of how long you've been practicing or anything like that. The biggest thing is you want to have body awareness. And what I mean by that is that you're tuned in to what's going on interiorly. You're noticing, right, if one shoulder is higher than the other in certain poses or you're, you know, thinking about your foot placement or you're um, wondering why your low back feels different in one pose instead of the other. It's that kinesthetics, that body awareness that makes the foundations of a great teacher. So if you find yourself thinking about those things, you already know you're on the right track and that, you know, this is a calling for you and probably something that you are going to want to go deeper with in a training. Another question I get asked a lot is, you know, do you have to be able to do all the yoga poses, the super hard poses, right? For example, like handstand and headstand in order to be a teacher. And 
you know, this varies widely. I remember when I was looking into teacher trainings myself many, many years ago, there was one teacher training that had a prerequisite that you had to be able to do headstand in the middle of the room for five minutes um, and things like that. Like they wanted you to be able to do certain inversions and poses in the middle of the room and whatnot. And you know, every teacher training gets to decide their rules. But honestly, in my personal opinion, I think that's ridiculous. I don't think that there should be, you know, that you have to be able to do acrobatics or be able to do a headstand in order to get approved into any program. When I have my teacher training, obviously that will not be a requirement. And I really don't think you should even think that way because Being a good teacher has nothing to do with how good you can do fancy poses, sorry, how well you can do fancy poses like headstand and crazy arm balances. I mean, those photos look cool on Instagram and it's awesome for the people who can do them and they're fun to work and achieve, but it does not, does not make you a good teacher. What makes a good teacher is extremely good cueing really knowing how to own and use your voice and your physical presence to keep people focused and centered and motivated, knowing how to talk about the breath intelligently because the breath is what really sets yoga apart from all other forms of exercise, and really being able to pull and bring your personal experience into your teaching. So for example, those teacher training programs that said you have to do a headstand in the middle of the room, they're automatically disqualifying people who might have had um, injuries to their, to their cervical spine or um, a herniated disc or something like that. And someone like that who has had that in- injury, if they're feeling called to teach, they will probably make an incredible teacher, especially in helping people who have those similar injuries. So it's just ridiculous to me that people should ever feel that they can't teach because they can't do a certain pose because... Again, this is my personal opinion, but I think a lot of the fancy, super hard yoga poses, it ends up just sort of being like a vanity metric, like having a lot of likes on your, you know, like Twitter or something. Twitter doesn't have likes. You know what I'm saying, guys, right? It's not what what it's about. It's not what being a, a real caring, compassionate teacher who can cue and guide a class safely is about. And in my teaching master classes, my teach to inspire, find your voice, Um, cueing masterclass and my sequencing masterclass, I talk a lot about how there's a lot of different approaches you can take as a teacher. Some teachers really demo physically a lot and that's how they keep the class focused and united and get their um, lesson across. And other teachers don't physically demonstrate the postures that much at all. There's a lot of different approaches you can take once you're a teacher. So please don't let the fact that you don't think you have the right body type or you don't think you um, have the right set of hard arm balances down or whatever prevent you from pursuing your journey as a teacher because to me what's most important right is that if you feel that voice and you know yoga is powerful for you and it's improving your life and you want to share that you have to follow that and you have to have to a hundred percent believe that the way you're the way the practice is going to come across through you is going to be special. And it is. I'm telling you it is. It's going to be special because no one is you. No one has your unique story and backstory. And no one's going to talk about the poses and the breath the particular way that you can. That's 
you know, because we're all unique. There's no human alive like you. So this was a huge hang up I had because I almost never ended up teaching even after I did my teacher training because I thought like who would want to listen to me teach yoga? There's already so many yoga teachers. Who needs my voice? There's nothing special about me. And I had a teacher and mentor and friend who drilled that out of me and I want to drill it out of you if you have that thought pattern because it's just not true. It's not true. So this is, you know, now, sorry, I got impassioned there. I want to um, go into a little bit this idea of the next step being teacher training and picking your teacher training. And to give you guys the, if you want to check out those master classes I mentioned, because you don't need to be a teacher to do the master classes. They're actually fantastic to do if you're just curious about teaching, because it'll give you kind of a look at, um, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. You can get those at brettlarkin.com forward slash teach. brettlarkin.com forward slash teach. You enter your email and I send you some really awesome content about my journey as a teacher and then I invite you into the area where I have the master classes. Um, if you're considering teacher training, you want to go to brettlarkin.com forward slash YTT, which stands for yoga teacher training. There you can also enter your email and get a really great video about picking your training and how to know what training is right for you, how to save money on your training, like tons and tons of tips um, from me to you. But something I didn't talk about in that video that I wanted to bring up in this podcast episode was that I think a lot of us, because in the video I, I give, I'm very practical. I'm like, okay, you want to do yoga teacher training? Here's all the things you need to think about. Here's how you need to budget. Here's how you, you know, like I, I go that direction. But something I wanted to do in this episode was actually really encourage you to think about, do you need to do yoga teacher training? Like, is that the answer for you right now? And let me explain what I mean by that. But one thing that happens to a lot of people is they do yoga teacher training and then they still don't teach. Like the, either they did it on, just to deepen their practice on purpose so they knew they were never going to teach and that's fine. Or they did it like me, like secretly wanting to teach but having no confidence and still not being confident once I graduated and never really moving it forward. So... What I want to frame in your mind, and this is just sort of a perception shift, is that I think people think yoga teacher training is the answer. I'll do yoga teacher training and then I'll feel confident to teach. I'll know what I'm doing and everything will run smoothly from there. And what I'm telling you is that actually doesn't work like that. Actually, you have this whole path that you go on as a teacher and if like that path is made up of like 30 boulders that you, you know, climb or do, yoga teacher training is like one of the boulders. Like the whole training is just one boulder. It's the education piece. It's super important. Not going to deny that. It's super important. It's the education piece. But yoga teacher training is just like, it's like when you go to university and you go to a lecture hall, you do cool stuff, you learn cool stuff. Maybe there's some like workshops and interactive stuff, but then you still have to go out into the real world and like get a job and market your skills and basically learn everything you need to know on the job. I don't know how many of you listening to this podcast, probably a lot, went to college and it's like how practical were the skills you learned in like a liberal arts college as opposed to when you actually went to go out in the workforce, right? You have to 
sort of learn everything and hustle on the go, on the job. And it's the same thing with becoming a yoga teacher. The teacher training is just the academic part of, of, of what's going on actually figuring out how to teach and you know most yoga teacher trainings talk very little about cueing and there's very little time for practice teaching because there's so much material to cover so much sort of like more academic material to cover and you know it's good that's what yoga teachers training for is for but I want you to not get hung up on that like your training is the answer and I would challenge you and I wish someone had challenged me to do this that if you feel called to teach start teaching right now Start teaching right now. I know you're probably like, Brett, what are you talking about? I can't teach. I'm not trained. I might hurt someone. That's illegal. I mean, I I, I get you, (laughs) right? Like, don't go out and like teach 500 people. I don't even, even know how you would do that. But again, if you are body aware, if you are centered, the chances that you're gonna hurt someone, that you are going to physically hurt another person by teaching them yoga is very, very slim, very slim. Like if you teach someone how to be mindful and have the awareness of their own body that you've cultivated in yours, it's very, very small chance that you're going to hurt them. And I'm not saying don't do teacher training, do teacher training for sure. But I would encourage you to start teaching right now. And let me give you some examples of this. When I, um, before I ever did my training, I went to my friends' houses. <laughs> my friends thought I was losing my mind because I was so anti-yoga, anti-anything like soulful and hippy-dippy like in the early part of my life. And then I started calling my friends and saying, hey, can I come over and teach you how to meditate? <laughs> yep, yep. And a lot of them said yes. And I went over to their house and I started teaching them how to meditate literally just teaching what had been working for me and what I had been learning in my own classes, going to studios, not in my teacher training yet at all. And it was awesome. And you need to start doing that stuff now, now. I think everyone's like, oh, I'll I'll do my training and then I'll figure out all this other stuff. I'll do my training and then I'll have confidence. I'll do my training and then I'll be ready to practice teach. No, I want you to get into action now, right now. Is there a roommate? Is there a friend? Also, you know, my father has a lot of so many health issues, chronic pain. And I started um, when I was doing myofascial release. So myofascial release is another thing that I got certified in. But I was treating patients out of my house before I ever finished my certification. Actually, I think before I even started my certification. And I was upfront with people. Most of the people I were treating were my yoga students. And they knew what I was doing worked. They knew it was crazy powerful. I wish I had more time to do full-time or more body work now. Um, But I told them, I was like, hey, I'm really into this. I've been training with my therapist because the woman who did it on me, I'd been doing it. She had been treating me. Myofascial release is like a form of, it's like yin yoga, but it's also a style of body work. So she had been treating me for maybe three, four years. So I'd gone really deep in my body awareness of how all this worked. And I always was booking it. So I was her last client of the day because we were also friends. So we also sort of wanted to just chat and hang out and take our time. And then because I was her last client of the day, she'd always after our sessions be like, "Ugh, I'm really sore. And I'd be like, hey, I'll try stuff out on you. Teach me stuff. So I'd start 
giving her like myofascial release, like bodywork massage after she had done me and this had gone on and on. And then I started like, I just bought a massage table. I just took the plunge and I was so passionate about it. And I still am. Um, even though I'm not treating people regularly, like I was back then. And I started having people come. And of course I did eventually go to, um, a myofascial release training seminar. Um, I've gone to four now actually, and super advanced my knowledge. But the point of the story is that I got into action right away. Like I felt scared, right? It's never going to feel like comfortable to do something like the first time you have someone on your table as a massage therapist, right? Or a mouth as release therapist. Um, but I practiced, I got into action and I didn't wait. I didn't wait. So my big message for you in this podcast, which is, you know, like how soon is too soon to do yoga teacher training? I want you to reframe that whole mode of thinking, which is more like how soon is too soon to just start getting out and being an active teacher, in life. There's someone you can teach wherever you are, whether it's your kids or your husband or your parents or the neighbors or a local class at the Y or anything. And it is important to have certifications. It is important for us to educate ourselves. So please don't think I'm saying that that's unimportant. But I think because we live in a time period right now where things being linear and organized and like we live in a time period where that um, analytical brain analytical side of the brain is dominant and completely rules and there were periods in humanity where that wasn't the case right there were periods in our history where um, you know stuff like astrology and sages back in the day and like listening to your intuition and like rituals to gods and goddesses was way more important than logical linear thinking. Now I'm not saying that that was better. I'm just saying try to be hyper aware and I'm always trying to be hyper aware of this and John Barnes, my myofascial release teacher, talks about this constantly um, when it comes to body work and unwinding fascia and working with the body in general that we need to not always be thinking in this linear analytical way. So to tie it back, yoga teacher training is this yoga and analytical side to your yoga teacher journey, but there's this whole other part of your journey in which you are just need to get into action even though it's uncomfortable, where you need to just kind of hone your skills, refine, play, teach whoever is willing to be taught by you, and that you need to do that now, not later, that it doesn't have to be in this linear order, and that the skills you're going to learn in teacher training will serve you, but it's only like 20% of what all the different things you're going to need, all the different tools you're going to need to pick up in your toolkit to get where you really want to be as a teacher. So start now, start right now, and don't get hung up on like the perfect training or the right training because the right training will be ready for you when you're ready. It'll just appear, it'll work out, I promise. And make sure you just do the training you really want. Listen to the brettlarkin.com forward slash YTT tips video um, for more info about that. And it's a reason that I created both my master classes and my yoga business academy, which is all about the business side of yoga and marketing online and locally and you know building websites and all this stuff because that's another thing people don't tell you when you become a yoga teacher if you're choosing to pursue it as a career 
you're also becoming an entrepreneur and a business owner. And guess what? That means you're also your own accountant. You're also, you know, eventually you can work and outsource these things, but outsourcing stuff is expensive. At the beginning, you're going to be doing everything yourself. And if you want to check out the Yoga Business Academy, again, the only way to get to it, it's kind of like invite only, is to go to brettlarkin.com forward slash teach opt-in, get my sequence, um, my like a yoga sequence and a playlist from me sent to you. And then um, over a series of emails, I invite you into the Business Academy and tell you more about it. And you can take me up on it if you're interested. Either way, no matter what, I really want you to listen to your heart, to know that the way you teach is going to be completely unique, that I 100% believe in you and am your cheerleader and that the time is now to get into action. I hope this podcast was helpful for you and that I answered some of your key questions and concerns about becoming a teacher or teacher training. If you are interested in doing yoga teacher training with me, you absolutely want to make sure that you are a member of my private Facebook group. It's Yoga Hacks Community, yoga, H-A-C-K-S, community.com. And the next thing you should do is join my membership site, Uplifted, which is pretty new around the time of this podcast, um, but growing rapidly and a really amazing community. You can check that out at brettlarkin.com forward slash uplifted. I would absolutely suggest any aspiring teachers to get in that group because we actually do phone calls in which we workshop and help one another in their poses. It kind of is like teacher training in a weird way. And if you're in that group, you'll be the very first to know about the teacher training that I'm doing as it rolls out, how it works, all the details. So as always, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the very end. So much love from my heart to yours. Namaste.